But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Welcome back inside, booty. In the row. You're always the starter. It's because I am. I'm, I, I started. I just can't finish <laughs> well. First episode was great. It was just me and you talking about your new venture into sports, nutrition, fitness full time from the nursing career. Uh, this episode's a little bit special. We actually got a chance to welcome in our actual coach, yeah. Adam Bisick. He came here. He was in, let's call it studio. This, this room. This room with us. Um, what was your favorite part about the conversation with Adam? I think it's just awesome to hear his perspective of, you know, coaching in general. And I've loved being able to have like the opportunity to have a discussion about, you know, my personal, you know, having the metabolism super low and not being able to cut at that time and having his perspective on that was just great. Yeah. Smart cat. Smart dude. I enjoyed talking about Tinder. And <laughs> things of that nature. Now, now, sadly, I forgot to hit record for like the first four minutes of the show, which we talked about Tinder and hooking up. And I was like, damn, this is the world. This is great. I and never got to live. he looked at me and he's like, and the record button is not on. Well, that's all right. <laughs> we still, we kind of circle back to it a little bit, but it's a, it's a good educational podcast, real life shit. How do you differentiate between coaches when picking one? What do you look for? What does he enjoy doing? And, and at the end of the day, the takeaway was, I mean, he enjoys helping people, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's the, that's the, whole point behind why we do what we do mm-hmm. and um it, it was fun so he'll be on the second half of the show first half of the show we're gonna do what we did uh you know what we're gonna try to do we're gonna do a little q a with you from from instagram we posted some questions out there for everybody to kind of respond back to uh and we also have a, an awesome uh live taste review of the brand new ghost hydration which showed up today so this is gonna be kiwi strawberry and we have their lemon crush which i am personally fucking excited for this product very excited why are you excited for the product because i drink these electrolytes in different brands all the time i literally have such a hard time drinking water so these help get that water intake in yeah i mean it's it it helps you right it's kind of like why i drink aminos too it's not because i need the branch chains or Mm -hmm. the essential amino acids it's because it helps me get in more liquids it tastes good i you know drinking plain water all day every day Fucking sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Before we hop into the Q&A, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, regardless of how you're listening. If it's on iTunes, Spotify, watching via YouTube, write us a, a review. Helps out the algorithm, so that way more people can find the Booty and the Beast podcast featuring D and myself. Um, all right, so a couple different things here. Jordan Gibson, 24. How did you manage a regular lifting routine, or did you, during the newborn stage of parenting? Uh, I think this is a good question for both of us because yeah, I think definitely. moms have to approach it quite a bit differently than dudes. I'll start. I mean, she was busy with baby. It was, you know, she handled the motherly duties. I I offered help and did where I could. Um, what, what the fuck are you shaking your shoulders for? I shrugged my shoulders. Yeah. I didn't shake anything. You shrugged your shoulders like I, I didn't. Uh, come on. He helped to an extent, but when it comes down to it, like I enjoyed a lot more. Yeah, you wouldn't let me help. And so, no, he, I mean, 
he offered, but I also know that he didn't love it. So I'm like, well, this I is don't my love time with the her. newborn stage of a baby. I think it sucks, Most and that's men the don't. shoot. No, yeah. it's I mean they I they shit, they piss, they cry, <laughs> they don't do anything fun. They sit there and they sleep for 14, 16, 20 hours a day. Moms just have a different bond. Sure, and that's reality. That's fine. They so, were inside of like inside us for nine months. So like having them outside is just a different feeling. For me, then it's just like I, it, my my lifting stuff really didn't change. I mean, yeah. I woke up in the morning early. Um, it was still four a.m. And even today, like our first day as as Buckeye Enterprises, I mean, we were still up at four a.m. I mean, we did our thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, my my lifting routine didn't change. Here's my here's my advice before I let Danny take over. I mean. I, I don't think you should use the newborn stage and infant and any child as an excuse to your shortcomings to live a better life through better health and nutrition. You make the time. You figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a partner, um, you can do two things. You can go to a gym that has childcare. There's a lot of them that do it now. Um, or you take turns and, yeah. and you trade off. You know, fortunately for us, we have a gym in our house. Now, I understand not everybody has that luxury. In fact, most people don't, so we're mm-hmm. spoiled, uh, which made it quite a bit easier for us. Yeah, definitely. We could do it while she was sleeping. Um, but first off, newborn stage is very broad, right? So the like first six weeks, you can't really work out much as a woman. You know, you have postpartum. You're very restricted. Yes, I was okayed to start a little earlier than normal just because of my like background. I think at three weeks, I was starting to do a few things, but you have pain, like... Even when I got the okay, like you had to listen to your body so much. So uh, I had zero pain. Um, <laughs> just, just throwing it out there. Uh, yeah, but then once you get to you know that six week when you're like ready to all out go, it's just it's not the same. Like you're distracted while you're working out. You have the monitor downstairs with us. You know, being in the same house with the gym, um, and it's just. You're constantly distracted thinking of baby, at least at the very beginning. Now it's better. Um, I have an easier time getting through my workout without like constantly looking over at her and making sure she's good. But yeah, it's just figuring out a routine that works. That's the number one thing. I mean, everyone is going to have a different way to make it work. But I do believe that you can make it work, even if it is that like home workouts, you know, having baby downstairs with you while you're doing a video workout for 30 minutes, like Baby can figure out a way to get through that 30 minutes, whether it be in the rocker or jumper or whatever it is. Like, you can make it work. I I think instead of calling it a regular workout routine, I think you should change your phrasing. It's going to be an irregular workout routine for a lot of people. Some days you might be in the morning early. Sometimes you might have to do go outside, run around the block, get your cardio Mm -hmm. in, do stairs, whatever it might be. So I think the definition of regular, it's tough for, for, for men, probably a little bit easier for women. I mean, even when you started working out again, it wasn't regular. You didn't feel yourself, your hormones (laughs) were all across the place. So, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you can't use it as a child as an excuse, although many people do. And, and I straight look them in the eyes and be like, that's not, that's not fair to yourself. Even this morning, for example, like Charlotte woke up, what? hour earlier than she normally does yep. and i went upstairs got her and brought her oh. downstairs for the last you know couple supersets that oh. i had left so you make it work you figure it out and although it's not as easy as it was before baby it's definitely possible this question i mean this is super simple john 15 Aaron said, why do supplement companies put the scooper all the way at the bottom they don't they don't they literally it's the last <laughs> step in the process there's a person 
a physical person, kind of like with our fitbars who are dropping in a scooper, um, what happens is during shipping, it just gets rolled around in there. I mean, not every company has the ghost technology at the top of the container. Like when we open these for the taste test, there will be a scoop at the top because they have a lip system in there that they own uh, the design patent on that and which keeps to the top. Now that's cool. It's also an added expense. So most companies mm-hmm. will be like, fuck that. These guys can... They can dig. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it, it sucks. The worst is when you have to dig into like a five pound tub of protein. Oh, yeah. Because then you get your hand all full. But otherwise, it's like whatever. You use Not a, that big a deal. Use a uh, butter knife or something, you know? Um, all right. So, Korean boy. I like that. Korean boy 817. Donating blood, health benefits. Um, Danny is a nurse. So, you can kind of talk about the, the health benefits of regular blood donations if, if you know of what they might be. I mean, I mean, I know with your case, yeah. it, it's. I think for the general population, there isn't a ton of benefits to donating blood. I mean, you're helping others, mm-hmm. right? But I don't think there's like really a personal health benefit unless it's you who needs. I need to. Own, yeah, like, like literally. required like every eight weeks, I think is what well, you Well, when you're on synthetic testosterone, I believe it's your white blood, white red blood, red, blood, cells, red that, blood that, cells that increase in like uh, hematocrit. Right, yep, uh, which yep. which increases. So like, there will be times where if I look like a fucking tomato, it's not because I'm sunburned. It's because I haven't given blood in a while. And quite frankly, I haven't given mm-hmm. blood in a hot minute, and I need to. Um, what you feel is like you feel yourself just I don't know. Like it, you you feel different. Like when you haven't given blood in a while and you've been on TRT. So for me, it's like you got to do it to keep your hematocrit in line. Um, every eight weeks, if you're on TRT, is is the recommendation. It's probably been closer to fourteen, fifteen for me at this point, which is not mm-hmm. good. Uh, which reminds me, I will make an appointment to do it next week but again it's not necessarily about you and unless you're special like me it's about them and helping other people there is a blood shortage nationwide all the time all the time yeah there's constantly people needing blood when they're in the hospital so i mean go do it yeah right (laughs) uh two more questions and then we'll hop into this taste test here alpha fit 86 what are some challenges you had when you started your fit butters brand um i i don't this is gonna sound conceding and cocky and whatever we didn't have a lot um i think the biggest challenge for us i had a background in food like marketing so i understood Mm -hmm. the production i understood um you know trademarking i understood label design although i had to learn adobe illustrator in a night and figure it out Uh, the biggest challenge i think for us was time management because we were driving two hours to a commercial kitchen in wisconsin and i was missing time we were missing time with our three-year-old daughter at the Mm -hmm. time she was two one and a half, two, whatever it was, one and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so that to me was the biggest challenge. Like, okay, we can't keep doing this. We need to find a facility or something here locally where we can produce it. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a lease pen ready to roll for a commercial kitchen here in Minneapolis. Thank goodness that fell through. Um, and we stumbled into where we're at today. Um, you know, now it's the challenges our supply chain, just staying mm-hmm. ahead of the plastics, protein that we use. I mean, think about it. We, we work with brands, like the brands you see on the table here, we work with them. And their proteins, and either they've decided to seize um, production of that because the cost got too high, or you just can't find whey protein isolates. So we have to go through the brand to get to the production to get our protein. So, you know, we're in in an interesting place now. It's like, well, if the brand decides they're not going to run that flavor of protein again because maybe it's not a good seller or the margins aren't good, then we're fucked. So um, that's probably the biggest challenge. And then, you know, people will say, well, why don't you move away from that model? That's what makes us. Yeah, it makes us different. It uh, it elevates our partners at Fitness Informant. It provides a level of transparency to the consumer, which is something that I believe people who give a shit about their health and wellness and fitness care about. Mm -hmm. Granted, that same person will drink a fucking Diet Coke. I do it, you know, and that's a prop blend. But at the end of the day, I think for the most part, we want to know what we're consuming. Um, But that was the biggest challenge that I saw. Did you have any 
thing that was a challenge? I mean, juggling work and whatever. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part. Yeah, the time management and just, I think, honestly, and this, like you said, it's it's not luck by any means, but we were really blessed to kind of have things fall into place how they have, you know, Mm -hmm. like everything kind of went in our favor, knock on wood. Um, And we've been very fortunate to kind of fall into the places that we have thus far, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, Last question here, Soul Performance Nutrition. They asked a question last week. Again, if you guys haven't seen or heard of this brand, you need to check them out. They have a great hydration formula, great greens formula. They have a new nighttime formula coming out, which is great. But what is something each of you now know that you wish you had knew back in the day? I think it, so many things. Well, what do you mean by back in the day? <laughs> like, I mean, I wish I knew how to speak to women back in those. I'm kidding. I mean, I got to speak to you. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's you know, I I did a lot of stupid shit when I was a kid. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. kid, college, post college, I did a lot of dumb shit, and I wish I knew back then the implications of my actions would have on people because I was to some an asshole to to others. I don't know. I just wasn't a good person. I feel like I've vastly improved who I am as a human being since you and I have been together. That's for sure. wisdom, right? Like yeah. that's kind of what comes with age. I mean, I think almost anyone would tell you, I wish I could tell my younger self who didn't have the wisdom we have now, this and that, right? Like there's always things that you learn through years of experience that you just can't know at that age. Mm-hmm. So. A lot, man. Uh, a, a <laughs> That's a very lot. heavy question. There could um, be a lot of directions to go with that. Yeah, I just, you know, I just wish I would have carried myself better. But, I mean, mm-hmm. here, like, we joke about it all the time. It's like, God, karma's going to get me someday. It's going to kick me right in the dick. Um, but I, I hope over the last, you know, couple years of what I've done by leading by example, by being a good husband, by being a good father, I, I, I hope that whatever karma devils have been out there, they've kind of went to sleep <laughs> and they'll leave me the fuck alone because I would say I am a pretty genuinely nice compassionate caring human being at this point in my life i think that's the only person i've known yeah so i mean it's hard for me to imagine you being anyone different but no you I've, say it was because of me i don't know but i mean i had fun and that's <laughs> i mean you had fun we all had fun and we now, all had fun. this is the most fun that i've ever had in my life especially the last couple of years and i know for those of you who are single listening to this you're probably like jesus fucking christ turn it off no Roll don't turn eyes. it off like it is what it is <laughs> but let's uh let's transition into this i, I can't wait any longer so The new Ghost Hydration, this formula has been teased for a while. In fact, I believe Dan, who's the CEO of Ghost, has been making this his own concoction for years. When he plays hockey, he would mix it up into a shaker cup, and essentially, like, they bottle it up in the hydration. It's coming out in hydration sticks, so it'll compete with liquid IV, which is worth, like, a billion fucking dollars. Um, So Lemon Crush, which is one of my favorite flavors that they have on the brand. Strawberry Kiwi Strawberry was good. Uh, I already have, like pre-bias that this is going to be fucking bomb because I love it. So what we did here is we have um, ice cubes in our official shaker cups of Fitness Informant and Fit Butters, the ice shaker cup here. Um, and we have 16 ounces of water. Now, the instructions say 10 to 12, so we're not going to do the entire thing of water in here. And watch her spill water on my mixing board. Just watch it. And no, then all of a sudden, you guys... pull it off of the table. And then you guys... Don't, or watch me do it after I'm trying to talk shit. Yeah, um, exactly. All right. I, I like... So I like using a little bit less water because I like... I like flavoring coming through. So mm-hmm. this is a 16.9 ounce. I don't know if you can see that. That's what I'm going to leave left in the actual uh, gimmick. I should probably put a top on that so I don't fuck it up. 
<laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm excited for people to hear Adam. Like, I think it's going to be, I mean, for those, you know, we get people that reach out to us quite often and, and ask like, hey, do you have time to construct a custom workout plan? And, and he's made fun of me for doing so. The re- I mean, <laughs> the reason why is like when you do it for free, people will give up. You have to charge people for it. But at the end of the day, like, I don't have, I don't have fucking time um, to invest, to do that because I'm so busy running these two brands. Um, that if you really want a quality program, quality nutrition plan, like you go to somebody like Adam, who's going to give a shit about you. And it's not to say that I don't give a shit about you because I do just in a different way. Um, so I have strawberry kiwi. Again, I mentioned the scooper on top. Don't know if you can see that. Well, yours fell off. Well, I'll be damned. Mine's there. Blame Armada for that. Um, which, which I'm excited about Armada nutrition, um, is where ghost gets manufactured. We are actually going to be traveling there in a month to Nashville, Tennessee, um, to give you guys, uh, we're going to build a pre-workout from scratch. You can actually see like what it costs to do. All right. One scoop of ghost hydration with 12 to 14 ounces of water. I probably used about 12 ounces of water. Here's the, the formula, 1,500 milligrams of taurine, which helps regulate electrolytes. You have potassium citrate, magnesium citrate in terms of your electrolytes. Aquamin at 500 milligrams. Um, or you have sodium citrate as well. Pure whey vitamin C, which is the most bioavailable form of vitamin C on the planet, 195 milligrams. Himalayan salt, buck 92 milligrams. And then Synactive for recovery from our friends over at New Live uh, at a, a clinical dosage of 50 milligrams. So one scoop, and I'm going to have to switch hands here because I'm a... Uh, I'm disabled at this point yet until Wednesday, and what I get this reach baby around. off. A reach around. Reach around. Yeah, speaking of reach around, <laughs> I mean, would YouTube kick us off? Maybe. <laughs> you probably could listen to it. You wouldn't hear much, but I mean, I'm pretty quiet. <laughs> Why is that funny? Oh, yeah, it's, you're gonna hear it here. We're gonna, I mean, it's no holds barred. We are just gonna speak our minds on this podcast, and sometimes we'll say things that we, you know, it's out there, and you're like, well, I can't get it back, and that's okay. All right, so I have kiwi strawberry. And I have lemon crush. She has lemon crush, my crush. All right. One sip. You all know the rules. I'm going to do, I mean, should we do each of them separately, or do you want to do just one at a time? Let's do one at a time. All right, let's do this kiwi strawberry. That's you, right? Yeah, yeah, I want to start with this one. Um, Ghost hydration, first ever live reaction of the flavoring. Kiwi strawberry, let's go. So if you've had kiwi strawberry before across the ghost platform i can't remember what products have it so one thing i look for in hydration formulas is like the level of salt because a lot of these will you know like the himalayan salt you'll get some saltiness to it so if you look at like glax on astrolite a lot of salty flavor on it i don't get a ton of it on this one no it's really good see i was more excited about this one this than flavor? the lemon crush yeah definitely good because then that more for me yeah this one's great i'm all about it i think it's a perfect balance of kiwi and strawberry mm-hmm very it's good. very good. Mm-hmm. It's refreshing. I'm just thinking like if you can't see, but outside there's still like a foot of fucking snow on the ground. <laughs> when it becomes warm here, this is the shit that I'm going to drink when I do lawn work and when I fucking walking around the house doing what I got to do. And this will make me drink more water, more liquid. Definitely. Which is yep. great. Love it. Um, it's high eights for me in terms of flavoring. Yeah. Only because Definitely. I'm not the biggest. The only strawberry profile that I like is their Bubblicious, which I love. Um, and kiwi used to be my favorite fruit as a, as a kid. This is good. Mm-hmm. This is very yeah, good. very good. All right, let's go to Lemon Crush. This is the one that gets my nipples hard. So lemon, lime, lemon, citrus, that is my jam. So if you look at the label on Lemon Crush... It is a mix between two of my favorite flavor profiles, lemon and orange. So it's like an orange lemonade 
and it's delicious. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's like a stronger flavor than I was expecting. Yeah, it's yeah. got some tartness to it. Yeah, a little definitely. bit. Yeah, um, like back end, like both, almost a little sour. Both are very phenomenal. So yeah, I we've good. we've had the pleasure of trying quite a bit of different like electrolyte hydration products. Mm-hmm. These are some of the best tasting ones because you're yeah. not you're not getting the overwhelming slap in the face with salt, which I I don't mind, but I get how some people don't want to be drinking salt water. Mm-hmm. These are flavorful, very good. Yeah, there's nothing really like it either. Like the lemon crush flavor to me is no other brand has a flavor close to it that no. I've had. No, definitely not. Which I love. Good work, Ghost. Good work. Very I believe good. this is going to be dropping. I don't have the exact ETA. It's either going to be this week or next week. It's going to be coming soon. I think it's probably this week, honestly. So um, appreciate those guys saying it over. This is the first time that we've seen it here. We'll probably do an Instagram and a TikTok for you guys on that as well. Uh, that is going to, you know, we're going to spend some time talking about gym etiquette. Maybe we'll save it for next week because our, our interview with Adam went like 40 minutes. And I think <laughs> that we want to make sure we get it, that you guys have shit to do. And, and um, you know, hopefully this podcast powers you through your work day or whatever it might be. But again, just... Listen to the podcast, absorb the information from somebody who gives a shit about other people, but also passionate, but also struggles, Mm -hmm. but also struggles himself like a lot. Yeah, definitely. He'll admit it. He has some mental health issues. I I feel like people who have a lot of compassion also have a lot of feelings and emotions that a lot of times will kind of cause some of that. It's weird that you like care so much about others, but then you're so hard on yourself. Mm -hmm, Definitely. How that works. Yeah. All right, fitnessinformant.com is the official website. Again, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, hit that subscribe button, write us a review, how about the algorithm. Uh, until now, we're just going to pop it over to Adam, let him do his talk, and we'll fade into that conversation. Again, Adam Sick. you can follow him on Instagram, at Fit. Until next week, we'll see you then. See you then, guys. Let's go. Let's go. last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit. 
but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. The things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Adding my product is going to help you get to where you want to be. Five percenters is 5% of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education. Willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. seminars you fly to san diego you fly to orlando but then you have mentors and two of your biggest mentors uh charles Palquin and john meadows have been mm -hmm. like two of the biggest mentors and people that you've looked up to in this space yep. for a long time they're no longer with us yeah and so I'm, I'm interested in to hear your how maybe you shifted your focus and the way that you personally approach nutrition and fitness for yourself based on those two if anything at all yeah, it's, and I think I realized far before they passed away that some of the things we do in this industry are not probably great for us long term. And I think the impetus for me to actually change how I conduct myself when it comes to training and diet was just me breaking down, mm -hmm. you know, getting to the real big boy status, you know, ripping my chest off, having this basically reconstructed and then be, being limited from what I love to do. You know, it wasn't even about any more like, didn't give a shit about, well, I shouldn't say didn't give a shit about what other people think because that'd be a fucking lie. <laughs> but um, it was more about the, it wasn't about what other people thought of me. It wasn't about competing. It was like, I love to do this shit. I love being in the gym. That's why I do what I do for a living. Yeah. And I couldn't do it anymore. And I realized I had to do something different in order to keep doing this for the rest of my life because I'm going to do that. And I would, I want to be a little longer than like 50 mm -hmm. years old. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, what, what, I mean, we have seen in the world of bodybuilding in the last three years, probably more young people pass away, whether it's diuretics, whether it's super sup usage, whether it's genetic issues. What do you think is going on in the sport and what do we need to happen to make it healthier for all those involved? Well, I think it's, it would be remiss not to like note that there's simply more people doing it. Now. Mm -hmm. Like you look in the 90s, like they're just, it wasn't popular. Like, people didn't, like, first of all, there was no men's physique bikini. It was, like, 
you body built. Whether yep. you're a female, it wasn't even figure. It was a female, male. All you did was body built. Mm-hmm. So there was less people involved in the sport. And more of those people like kind of fell into it by happenstance because they just look great. I mean, look at Ronnie Coleman. Yeah. Like he just looked amazing naturally. And he took seventh in the Olympia before he even touched anything. Right. You know, so it's. I and he's not yeah. he's not gone, but the dude is living a pretty rough life at this yeah, point. That, and I would say it's more of a function of his training. Style. Yeah, fucking eight hundred pound squats in the reg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I think it's I think it's a numbers thing. I think more people are involved. I think because it is so popular, you know, like for you and I, like we look good, right? Yeah. But I'm not a good bodybuilder. Like, what, what makes you say that? Because I just don't have like the look, sure. just the symmetry, the proportions. Like I can get big and nasty and lean, but you got to be pretty. And there's so many of these guys that play the game of being so fucking massive mm-hmm. that you have, and you're, you don't have a genetic predisposition to doing so. And so you have to push you literally and figuratively push the gas like in order to get there. And then you look at, there's so like, there's a multitude of different physiological systems here. You're looking at drug use. You're looking at like, which allows you to train more and push yourself mm-hmm. more, which allows you to get to like obscene levels of, of, low body fat and all these things culminate to like, Hey, you're not supposed to be able to do that. Right. And it stops working. What, what's your formal education? And by formal education, like it's a lot of this is self-taught having mentors, but on those serious compounds, cause you're not going to undergrad and they're not going to educate you on AES of any sorts. Maybe they'll touch on it a little bit, yeah. but like when you, you need to familiarize yourself with them because let's yeah. be real as a trainer, if you're training anybody who is going to compete in the MPC, you're going to be suggestive mm-hmm. or potentially recommending things yeah. of that nature. So how do you educate yourself on that? Well, when I, so I first got into it when I actually gave myself secondary hypogonadism, basically I like, I trained and dieted. So like I was 4.1 on the DEXA hmm. naturally. And I just, like, it was, I was just cool. I was just cruising like that. And we did a study at, like, my my university had a DEXA scanner there. Yep. So we did it there. And like, he, this is the lowest we've ever registered on this machine. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm just, this is what I do. You know, so I gave myself that. And I, I wrote it out for six months because the doctors wouldn't do anything because I was 21. Yeah. And, of course, I worked at a meathead gym. And you have access to stuff. And I'm the intellectual dude. So I just look up how do you you know, hormone replacement therapy. And you could see the, the information's there. Right. And so you do that. I'm like, well, I can get these things, you know, even if it's black market and do it. And so I did that for a couple of years before I actually stumbled upon a doctor would do something about sure. it. Sure. So now I can actually access that. But if anyone said they had formal education um, on most of the PEDs that are used in the sport, they'd be blowing smoke up your ass. Mm-hmm. Cause the people that do aren't coaches. They're like, they, they have experience and in theory, that's an understanding of how things work, but you're, we're, you're guessing if it's really what it is and how much is in there. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's all based on theory and practice right. and trial and error. So there's no real, it's hard to say formal education with it. It's just a lot of trial and error. And you really, you're, you really have to watch what you do when it comes to helping people with this stuff. And it's like, okay, I can't tell you to take anything. I'm not going to, but if you do, this is the more like, cause I'm always going to err on the side of being conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to be, especially the regional NPC fucking show. I mean, like, well, and the reality is like, I, you know, I don't like, I make enough money. I don't mm-hmm. need more clients. I need to blow smoke up your ass until you're going to be Mr. Olympia. If you aren't going to, I'll tell you, Hey, this shit isn't worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up like John. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're going to end up like Dallas. 
because you don't you don't need this. Yeah. Like if you can't, if you can't win a regional show on a like HRT dose like <laughs> here in Minneapolis, yeah, don't just don't do it. Right, just don't push it because there's no need. Danny, from the hospital setting, when you were in, I mean, they don't what what any education anything on that. You worked in uh, in a cardiac unit, which is where you'd probably yeah. see quite a different. A majority of the cases that we saw that had like steroid use in any way were patients who had heart failure, and that was like years and years ago. And I remember one of them actually being like a low sky, like he it was so weird. But um, he he was like you know twenty thirty years ago in the gym and dealing steroids and was very open about it to me and. He was like, well, now I'm here. And he had heart failure and he was in the hospital, you know, with extra water weight trying to get the, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it was just crazy. So I don't, I don't think we ever really see a very formal education base in the hospital. Like every time you mention steroid use, it doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter, you know, specifics in any way. The doctors instantly say heart failure or like heart issues. And that's all they And that's a about. fucking issue. Like that should be a problem mm-hmm. only because like these were developed um, for like AIDS patients, right? Like people who had muscle wasting diseases of sorts. I mean, there is a lot of benefits to HRT, to testosterone. Sure, there are some compounds out there that were probably never developed for humans. I mean, whatever, but, uh, <laughs> right? I mean, those do exist, but the ones that were developed for the muscle wasting, I don't, you know, for the longest time it was taboo. Now kind of TRT and HRT is becoming more normalized, which is great. Mm-hmm. I think men in, you know, mid 30, like our age, yeah. it changed my life. I know it changed your life. 100%. What's it going to take? Do you think, I mean, is it more of us just being open about our TRT usage to get others to recognize? Cause there's a generic endocrinologist who deals in diabetic care, and if you register at 300 on your test levels, you should be on HRT, in my opinion. Yeah. They're going to say no. Yeah. That, that part I don't get. I, I don't think you're ever going to get someone in the medical field that's going to be cool with, like, super physiological doses of any compounds. Sure. Especially if it's, like, Trembolone or Equipoise or Winstrol, yeah. things that are, like, they're veterinary drugs. Right. But there, there needs to be a change in the lens in which they look through treating someone who has, they have an actual endocrine issue. Right. There's mm-hmm. a dysfunction. And whether, however you approach that, it's just like, there's, it is, it is so taboo to, to supplement testosterone. When you look at steroid hormones, estrogen's a steroid hormone. Mm-hmm. And we give that quite readily. The 14 oh, year yes. olds. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you understand it at le- that level, that's exactly what that is. But there's, there's this, connotation of excess use and mm-hmm. with all of this stuff the devil's in the dosage mm-hmm. really yeah. the devil's in the dosage so. and 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 the length of time it's done right you know because it's no different than drinking if you binge drink every night for 100%. years your liver's mm-hmm. gonna fail you're going to die yeah yeah that's the reality and, and that's why i said like if, if you're someone who has to take the, uh, there's a lack of education and there's mm-hmm. a lot of true meatheads that do this stuff that are just not smart individuals. They right. fit the stereotype. And those are the people that tend to run into issues because mm-hmm. they, they more is better, but there are points of diminishing returns, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I, I we talk about addiction. And for me, I've had this conversation with others before are steroids addictive. I think, I think like it, it's not addictive, like cat, uh, like nicotine, but I yeah. think mentally, it can yeah. be addicting, right? Because there, yeah. are, there are times where 
Definitely. I've been using them. It's like, if I come off, I'm going to get small. It's, it's, there's a difference between physiological and psychological dependence on something like if you're taking a benzo, like if you're taking Xanax, yeah. you're going to acquire a physiological dependency mm-hmm. on that. When you come off, you're going to have physiological ramifications right. and psychological. But with testosterone, yeah, it's, or any PED, like any a- anabolic steroid, it's going to be more, almost all exclusively psychological because I know the benefits they confer to me when I take them and I know what happens when I don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I love feeling that I don't like what it feels like not doing that. Right. And that's it. This, uh, our space is just a mental clusterfuck at times. And I know you've struggled with your own mental health and depression struggled like past tense currently i mean (laughs) i think we all do to an extent right like there's this whole there's body dysmorphia that she has literally still every single day um but i mean it's it's beyond that how do you cope with the stuff that you go through i mean is it (laughs) you laugh about it i mean are you on pharmaceuticals are you is it like okay there we go it might be giving away the answer because i know the gym is a place of 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 a release a stress reliever it's no longer this it's like there's more it's more existential now in my career before it was like i was extremely neurotic about my career and my body mm-hmm. and narcissistic mm-hmm. about it and so my anxieties if you will were associated with that now it's more existential like you know i'd like to have a life partner that's consistent and doesn't have her head up her ass you know that would be nice right and so it's more of that you know i went through some some sleep issues where like i have a little bit of ptsd with that now mm-hmm. too and so you know there's some pharmaceutical intervention you know, some Xanax and stuff like that to manage. Because most of my shit comes up before at night, like before I go to bed. Day, I'm cool. I'm cool during the day. But there, I mean. Is it because you slow down before bed and it gives you time to think about that shit? Well, yeah. And I think, like I said, there's PTSD with the insomnia stuff. So I'm like hyper vigilant before I go to bed. So I'm like, oh, am I going to fall asleep? And, and this is going, you know, because, yeah, I'm like this is cool. I'm cool because I'm talking to you guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And But when you got to sit with your thoughts and you know, I'm 35 and I'm living like I'm a dog and yeah. that's cool, but I'm alone. And right. so it's that, that's, that's what I deal with now more than anything. Did you ever, I mean, you're an obsessive person in terms of like learning as much as you can. So like how much have you gone out and learned about these other interventions that you're using and like other ways that you can cope with what you're going through? You know, I don't really know if I've educated myself. I obviously have a therapist, yeah. which helps me manage it because you're more aware of the stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance with it's like I can I, I, I just get myself into work, work every day. Cool. Because I stay in that. But there's definitely some shit that I still need to face when it comes to being cool with just this. You know, a lot of it stems from and I, I know all this because I went through therapy when I was a child. I got the shit beat out of me when I didn't do things perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so I always felt like I wasn't enough. And again, this is something that was articulated through therapy to me. And so now I'm com- you're subconsciously comfortable with that. And so I put myself in situations where I'm not enough or tell myself I'm not enough, you know, and in order, and, and we do that in this, at least this is how it's articulated to me through my therapist is we do that in an effort to, you know, find the thing, like the wounds of our childhood so that we can somehow resolve it, mm-hmm. you know, and the reality is like, I'm not going to find that through a person. It's going to be me. Does that impact your ability to have a relationship? A successful one, probably, you know, up until this point. I mean, what I was 25 versus 35 is is a better man. 
Um, and so at, at this point in time, it would be silly for me to say doesn't impact that, but much less. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's just like, talk about the dating apps. It is a shit pool. Yeah. Like, not, no, it's, it's real tough. That's why I got chicks that are 10 years younger than me that want to date me. Like, you really want to date me? Like, I'm, I couldn't theoretically be your dad, but like. I mean, I found one seven years younger than me. That, yeah, that <laughs> works. That works. Maybe 10 a bit much. We didn't find each other on the dating apps. No. And, and so it's a little different. I'm glad we didn't because <laughs> I thought for a second there when, when some people listening and watching, like Adam helped me through a pretty tough time before you and I. I mean, he knew about that I was in love with this fucking girl. But there was a period of my life where I thought she wasn't going to be a reality. And I was like, what in the fuck am I going to do? So I thought dating apps were going to be like a legit thing in my life. Scary. It would, it would be a shit show. Scary. It would have been bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you've had zero luck. I mean, <laughs> okay. well, that depends on the Define definition of luck. luck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I mean, we all can talk about getting ass and I'm sure it oh, works gosh. well for that. But like, Dude, like, here's the thing. Like I look better in person than I do in photos. So like, hey. The guy at Country Fest who said you look better in real life on Instagram. I was told yeah. that. He was yeah. like, wow, you look so much better okay, in asshole. person yeah. than on Ryan's Instagram. I'm like, wow, okay. I guess I, Ryan, I have to put makeup on every pictures. time before you take yeah. a picture of me for now. <laughs> so, so you, but then here's the thing. If a girl right swipes and you show up at a restaurant, she'd be like, holy shit, I hit the jackpot. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'm out here. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm, I'm here. But, yeah, like, I, it's... You know, you're swiping through and it filters this and that. And like, you know, I got 150 women and within 20 miles of me that swiped whatever on my profile. I'm like, and none of them. Yeah. But, I mean, you're it's deflating. You, here's what uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing, but you work in a, in a pretty prominent area of Minneapolis, like a affluent area, a good gym with people coming in who are successful, young professionals, some good looking people. I guarantee yeah. those women think you're attractive. Yeah. I, I mean, he's an attractive guy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, like, so, 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 like, I hate when he puts me in weird Well, I mean, you are an attractive guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How come you don't find somebody at the gym? The problem is, I do. Okay. And then if it goes sideways, it's well, awkward. It's like, I, so then it's I'm, really I'm, awkward. Well, I'm working all the time, right? Yeah. So, I've, you know, it tends to be women that want to like work with me. And then there's like a kind of a like thin line you got there. Yeah, or, I mean, it's my, or it's my buddies who does the same thing for a living, his clients, <laughs> which that was a shit show. It uh, has been a shit show, the plural. Sure. Um, in, you know, here's the thing, like I want somebody who is interested in being healthy and at least has like a want for what we do from like, just be healthy yeah. exercise so they can empathize. Last thing I want is someone who competes with me. Yeah. I just don't like even, and it's not to say that everyone who competes is like mentally not there. But when you're going through that process, you're not present. And you're also not, I mean, by and large, you're not good with this, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. And that's kind of a predisposition you have to the fact that you want to be in front of seven people who tell you how good you look versus that person. You know, because you're not doing it for money. No. No. You're not doing it for money. You're losing money on this. Even if you are professional. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know. And so it's not going to be someone like that. Right. You know. And that's tough because... Have a lot of those that are good-looking gals that would like to, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, are the majority of your female clients coming to you are competitors that are no, that, are, that no. are say like our age-ish? I mean, data, dating material because I know you uh, you obviously have some elders and and some people really trying to make life changes, and it's yeah. it's motivating as fuck to see. But not not as many anymore because once like 
and this kind of happens in our space with especially with especially with personal training you get kind of legacy clients where it's like yep i've got my people who are affluent who just kind of me for accountability um coaching clients kind of the same thing like i have a really high retention rate yeah like I, my acquisition is horseshit like but because i don't market because i'm literally in my business yeah. constantly yeah. working with clients like you wouldn't even know that if you look at my instagram page but i'm constantly working with people so that's like i'm gonna spend like this has immediate roi for me so i'm gonna stay here i'm not gonna be doing the other stuff right especially when all you care about is my ass anyway yeah so i'm not gonna make content that makes you know learn anything right from, you know does it does it inspire motivate you to see someone like your buddy dave who got to go to the olympia last year uh, with an athlete, which we saw them down there. It was really cool. To, you know, cool for us. And we're not close to Dave like you yeah. are. Um, but it was, it was unique and, and neat to see him there and her there and to be able to walk across that stage. How was that for you? Awesome. I mean, because he's one of my best friends in the right. world. And so for him, it's like a – he's like him and, and my big brother and my buddy Tim mm -hmm. are like more – they like the competing scene. Mm -hmm. And so it's a big deal to him. And I knew it was a really – and he's been working with her for a while. And to right. get there was like – that's the thing. So I'm so happy for him. Right. You know, like for me, I like, like personally with the clients, like I would be happy only for the, the fact that they, they're happy. Sure. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care about that. Like, cause frankly, I don't want to be in the sport that much anyways. So I don't really care about the accolades that come from that. I care more about like, you know, Mary Muffin Top is now <laughs> not Mary Muffin Top anymore. Love and, oh and she's like in shape and she's happy and is self-confident in like has a positive impact on her life. Because the thing is, when you deal with an athlete, you know, these are the people that make the most physical change of all of your clients, mm -hmm. the, most, the most radical, massive change and look the best. But they're oftentimes the most distraught and unhappy because what inevitably happens is they step on stage and they're compared against other people. So it's not even about the physical change they made. Yep. It's about their placing. And so when I work with them, it's like, you're upset even though they look fucking amazing that they got second, that yeah. they didn't win. You know, whereas like a, a, like a gen pop person who literally had changed their life, they, they gain self-confidence, they look better, they're healthier, they live 10, 15 years longer. Like that to me, like I actually helped that person, mm -hmm. you know, in their quality of life. That's more gratifying. Than right. And it's less of a fucking headache. Yeah. Because dude, it's like you, when you work with people, you ride their emotions with them and i don't think they realize that you know and so when you're upset that you're up a pound on the scale on wednesday and you're you're crying to me and then the next day you are happy because you're down a pound eh. i rode that roller coaster with you yeah me too oh man yeah, yeah. me too yeah that's a real story right there <laughs> well, i get it i get uh, it because it's been real there. yeah because you're putting in so much work and then mm -hmm. you're not seeing the results you expect right so mm -hmm. it is up and down day to day like, yeah. I personally went through that even years later. Like, I remember on prep, it's way different because you're putting in, like, every waking moment <laughs> yeah. of your effort into that. But yeah. even now, like, this is exact example. Yesterday, I had a low. You know, yeah. I was, like, the lowest I could. And today, I went back up, which is, like, yeah. not, like, a lot. Like, it was a pound. But yesterday, yeah. I was literally on top of the world. And then today, yeah. I'm just kind of, like, eh. In, in the, like, the thing that I work with people on and the work is has nothing to do with what, what the scale said yeah. and everything to do with the emotional attachment to it and mm -hmm. understanding what that actually means. Mm -hmm. Because we have this association with, you know, the gravitational pull against our mass, right. which has nothing to do with the outcome we want, mm -hmm. which is how we look. Right. 
And so trying, that's why I have people do multiple weights is over time, they start to accrue this ability to see like, hey, this doesn't really day to day mean that much. Because you go, well, I didn't gain a pound of anything or lose a pound yeah. of anything. I just shat more today. Yep. <laughs> and so, like, and so you start to become desensitized. And it takes time. Yeah. It takes time. But Definitely. you start to become desensitized to it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the work. That's the work I want to do with people is to be good with that. Mm-hmm. Like, not, not have that. And it takes time. But that emotional connection you have to the physical change you're assuming is happening, mm-hmm. gone. And you're just good. And you're happy. And that's the work I'd rather have. Like if you didn't have a six pack and you were happy versus us getting you a six pack and you're unhappy, I'd take the former mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? And so that's definitely. the work I like doing. Yeah. Cause when you realize that, like that's everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you're good and you're happy. So I guess my big question was, I remember back when I first worked with you and all I wanted to do was get back on stage. And I was at a point where my metabolism was not, at a good place. It was fucked. That. It was yeah. terrible. So I remember being, I, I think I was maintaining at like 1,700 calories, right? Like nowhere near where I should be. And all I wanted, like I came to you as a client and I was like, I just want to cut. Like, yeah. let's do this. I'm all in. I'm ready to go. And I remember you distinctly having a conversation with me saying, you're not at a point that you can do that. Like we need to work on your metabolism and getting to a good place. And I still, to this day, like, remember that. And I, when I have women come to me often, by the way, asking, like, I'm at this plateau. I am cutting, cutting, cutting mm. my calories. And I'm seeing no results. Like, what's wrong? Yeah. And I guess my big question was, like, how often do you see that? And when did you, like, realize in your coaching, like, how that was a conversation you are going to have to have with people? Because I feel like some coaches would just be like, Hey, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like yeah, the coach, the coach that you have, you know, like, and if, even if you're not in a good place, like if that's what you want, we'll do it anyway. And yeah. I think that's what a lot of coaches do. Well, it's a, di- it's a difficult decision to have with somebody. It's a confrontation, confrontational, right. you know, I mean, she's discussion. coming to you as a paying client saying, yeah. I want to lose fucking weight. And that's what it is for people is money. But mm-hmm. the reality is that's not what I, I, I do that already. I'm good there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine is making positive change and, 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 doing the right thing in difficult situations. And this is a really fucking hard topic to have people because I can see you're emotional when you talk about it Mm -hmm. because you were, and I remember that. And (laughs) everyone who is there is, Mm -hmm. you know, in the hard part is like they, we get caught up in this industry with having to look a certain way. And we're so microscopic with what we do on a day-to-day basis. We don't zoom out and see what the fuck we're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and the reality is, and this is, you know, I could always go into like the nuance and depth of how to actually quantify this for people to know if you need to go in this direction with calories or that direction. But I see it so much. I see it so much because people want to continue to get leaner. They do diet after diet. They do show after show. Mm -hmm. And there's no realization that you need to take time off. And it's a hard thing for me to tell them, Mm -hmm. you know, because I've had people say, okay, and then go to other people that fuck them up even more. Mm -hmm. Yep. It sucks, but, you know, all I can do is offer up my opinion and my help with it. But it it happens a ton. It happens all the time. And I think it's probably, it was a handful of years ago where I really kind of made that transition to doing that. Not because of lack of integrity before that point, but because of lack of understanding. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't, conceptually didn't understand it until probably five years ago. You know, that, hey, well if this person cannot maintain weight 
at the calories that they should, telling them to go in the, the other direction, go into a quote-unquote diet through deficit is really imprudent for me to do because all I'm going to be doing is kicking the fucking can down the road yeah. with this issue and deferring it to a later time because that's what I asked people. I said, if you do that, you realize it's going to be real shit if we do it down here. So if like do it six, because everyone says, well, th- they'll say, well, how would I do it after this? I go, after? <laughs> you're going to be even more fucked up and to the point where you may not be able to do it after and you have to use pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's like two years. Like I've had people that I've done it with and they got their period after a, a year, mm-hmm. 18 months. Like it takes a long time. You know, you often see that correlated with like hormones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, right? That's kind of where it stems. Yeah. When it comes down to it, that's what it is. It's it's this dysregulation of physiological systems that really are governed by hormones. Right. We, whether it's thyroid hormones, whether it's sex hormones, um, those like when you are failing to thrive, your body doesn't care about how you look mm-hmm. or, you know, non-critical functions like reproduction. So it shuts them down. It just wants you to survive. Yep. And so that's what we're playing with. You know, so you have to put yourself in. It sounds cheesy. You have to do the shit that makes you healthy, you know. So on like a general scale, how long do you feel like women take to get to a back like normal state? Well, if I gave you a finite number, I'd be sm- well, smoke up your ass. But <laughs> it, it, of course, depends on the level of severity. Right. You know, true. how far off are you? How long did you, you know, diet, quote unquote, diet for, which is just denoted by decreasing calories that you consume and increasing your activity? How long did you do it for? How much? Like, to what end? Were you doing 60 minutes a day of cardio? Mm-hmm. You know? It's, You're not. No, that. no, fuck no. <laughs> all. Like, and I never will. I mean, it's it, yeah. you know, when we first started uh, prep, our first prep, which was awesome, um, we didn't even do cardio. Yeah. Like, we, we just measured my resting heart rate. And if we were going to incorporate cardio, it was because that was getting too high. Yeah. And I think you do a good job of explaining on your Instagram and to other people, like, you should never do cardio for strictly weight loss. It is for heart health and cardiovascular health. Yeah. Well, and what I think people get in this, this is a part of the problem, is people look at activity for its. What the benefits it confers in so far as how many calories it burns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not why we exercise. It'd be like when you, you know, football practice, do yeah. they go out there to burn calories? Mm-hmm. No, they go out there to get better at the skill so they adapt and get better at the sport. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So you lift weights to build or maintain muscle, develop muscle, right? But you burn calories too. Yes, you do. So why is cardio or what I call conditioning any different? You know, why, what are you using it as a tool for? Because you know, if you look at how the body adapts, it can only do so much. And look at something like, let's just take, and this is an overgeneralization, but like um, steady state cardio, mm-hmm. or like a low threshold, low heart rate aerobic work. And then you look at weight training. So those two different stresses or stimuli are going to tell the body to do something different. Right. They're, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but they are not the same thing. This one is tissue positive. And for all intents and purposes, this is tissue negative, meaning it is inefficient for you to do this aerobic-based stuff if you have a lot of muscle. Mm-hmm. So what is your body going to do? It's probably going to pare down muscle tissue right. in an effort to be more economical and efficient in this activity. So if you're trying to look as good as possible, it's not that aerobic work is bad because you need a certain amount of aerobic fitness and health. 
to oxidize fat and recover from exercise. That's what it's used for. And once you're there, denoted by like, what's your resting heart rate? What's your heart rate variability? You know, what is, and we, there's other things we can do, but that's the cursory stuff I look at. Right. Once we're there, why are we doing any more of it? You have to look at activity for the adaptation it confers you. Like you have to look at it that way. Otherwise you're just a fucking hamster on a wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, and so many people look at it and that's why we get people who are doing 60 minutes of cardio a day, eating a thousand calories and they're fucked because their body became efficient. You know, it doesn't want to burn as many calories. It doesn't need to. Yeah. I, you know, you, you, and it kind of reminds me of your prep a little bit, but then I, then, then I start to think like, well, how the fuck does this, the coaches, like how do they get the mentality? Like that's the right thing to prescribe to their clients. And okay, they stepped on stage once or they have an Instagram following. Like, I mean, yeah. the ones that actually, that's why. So Danny and I have had the opportunity of being with you twice. Now we were with Matt Jansen, who is an Olympia winning coach completely different coaching styles oh, completely yeah, different definitely. both fantastic yeah but like even when it came to nutrition you had me at like 190 grams of protein he had me at 300 plus i mean just everything was night and day different they both worked yeah. that's that's i think the art of coaching and yeah. and some of their theories but there are a lot of people out there that don't do continuing education they maybe you know did an online course for a weekend and and did a regional show and start coaching people often a lot mm-hmm. The social media world and things like, I mean, does it frustrate you? Because like, it's just, I mean, you see not so much like, oh, look at this dumbass making money, but like he is hurting people. I have struggled with this constantly for, for years because it is really fucking frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to throw shade openly at people Mm because it just makes me look like a fucking shitty person. It doesn't help anything. So my effort is to put out good information and that's all I can do. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because it happens. I mean, it's, it's, and it's not even necessarily malevolent. Sometimes it's incompetence. Oftentimes it's incompetence. Yeah. Like they'd like, I'm sorry, but you don't, you just don't know what the fuck you're doing. You know, like people don't know what they're doing. And that's kind of scary once, like, I remember there was a, a seminar I did in Atlanta a handful of years ago and I left going, fuck, I don't know anything. And I go, wait a second. I'm like at the top of my field. There are, these people shouldn't be allowed to tell people what to do. It's scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and it can be pretty simple. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things that it can, like basic personal training. Like it can, you just got to do no harm. Yeah. That's it. I mean, really at a base level. But there's a lot of people that from a coaching standpoint, especially when, when you go from personal, like in-person training to an online practice, if you've never trained someone in person, how the fuck do you think you're going to train them online? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that. that's a whole, like you're here in three dimensions and I can cue you and be intentional and you have cursory knowledge of like Jim Wendler's five, three, one program, right. you rent, like that's it. Yep. And so that, yeah, it's, it's extremely frustrating because you see so many people that come to me who are fucked up and it's part in part. It is the incompetence of a lot of professionals, but you have, it's on both parties. Like, like, okay, sorry, but the chick doing the fucking cool TikTok dance and booty shit, don't do her program mm-hmm. or his program. Don't do their pro that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. Well, they, they probably don't. The guy that can articulate himself and tell you how to do it specific for you, even if he's not as cool or doesn't have as many followers, maybe listen to him. Mm-hmm. And so there's a bit of the, the burden to bear in the person who's, putting themselves in that situation and opting into something that's complete bullshit. Right. 
you know? Well, I think the scary part too is like you look at some of these like Sanford profile, for example. Mm-hmm. Like I remember seeing some of the calories, like they're below a thousand calories for, you know, months and months and months because these people are coming to see re- results and the results are quick when you're mm-hmm. eating that few calories. And then obviously after that, then what are they going to do, right? Like you get done with the program, you lost the goal weight, whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden your metabolism, once again, even though this is apparently a medical associated dieting program with Sanford, you know, obviously there's multiple, of course, but but like, that's my point is like, it's not just these coaches online, right? Like that, that's kind of like the general public idea of how to lose weight. It's, it's just eat less or take a magic pill. Lose that weight really yeah. quickly and then then what? You know, like they, they just don't have an after plan, but they just want to see the weight quickly be lost. Yeah, and you can like I tell people, you can get someone lean once. I can get you absolutely fucking gnarly shredded once. Mm-hmm. We just got to have you exercise more and eat less. Yep. But after you do that one time, real tough to do it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so you see this like you have coaches, let's say arbitrary numbers, someone's like a coaching team has 200 people, right? And they post, you know, 10, you know, people constantly, like, look at all these transformations. 10 is a good amount, right? right? That's 5%, if I'm doing my math right, right. of their clientele that are mm-hmm. successful. So yep. it's real easy if you have a high amount of numbers. And we see that all the time. And oh, yeah. all you have to do is get someone lean once, take a picture. Yep. Hey, look what I did. And, well, what's the after-after picture? Right. You know, well, I'm dealing with the after after yep. is what I do behind the scenes. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, how long, when did you decide uh, to take your, I mean, you've, uh, you've probably massaged your approach over the years, but Definitely one massaged. thing, one thing, <laughs> one, one thing that Dan and I have talked about quite a bit is when we went with Jansen for a little bit, she would always come in. She's like, he's never told me good job. Like, and, and we, we, again, we love Matt, but he's always like, you can do this better. You do that better. It's different you, coaching. you yeah. are like, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I mean, it's just. <laughs> They both, I mean, I think Matt's just like, I'm going to breed winners. I'm a, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Right, right. And well, not he's the, also very elite. Not a bad thing. He's used to that, like, high level. Well, he's elite because his, his clients have yeah. got him there. Yeah, that's that's not to say yeah. that you're not no, no, at all, no, right? No, I, like, I don't mean it that way. I meant, no, like, no, bodybuilding no. elite. But like, when, how do you choose to be compassionate, sympathetic, and encouraging versus, like, you need to get your ass in gear and do well, this. And here. that's it, what Matt does necessitates that type of mentality of coaching. Right. That's why he works with people that – because – if you want to be excellent, like the best in the world at something, it's going to be dysfunctional mm-hmm. and we need to fucking push you. Right. And that's why, you know, look at the, the protein grams prescription. Yep. He deals with bodybuilders, a lot of them enhanced. And so that makes more sense sure. in that, in that context. So what he's doing is he's doing his fucking job and he's doing a really good job with his target market right. his, his demographic. I work more with like getting you so you can do that, mm-hmm. have one of those and be happy and look good for the rest of your life. And right. so that's, he just has a different demographic he's working with. And so if I'm having again, Mary muffin top, like who just wants to make a positive physical change and gain self-confidence, that's how I got to coach him. And that's also very true to who I am. Sure. A very agreeable, compassionate, at least I liken myself to being an agreeable, compassionate person. So it's just me being me. You know. But when do you turn it on? Like, for instance, when you and I are on a 30-plus week prep, and we, if we had, you know, COVID not fucking happen, yeah. and if I was lacking two weeks out, would you have gotten on me? Yeah. Well, here, here's how I package it. You're an adult. You're not doing this right. We need right. to do this better. Okay. 
Yeah. That's it. And that, mm-hmm. so that's why I tell people, um, I, and it took me a while to be able to have crucial conversations, but just being open, being transparent and telling people how it is and, and doing it tactfully and kindly. Cause there's no reason to be malevolent or to be like an asshole with it. And I think, I think the reason that I am not is because this thing is like the worst fucking thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I am an asshole to myself mentally. That's how I got to the level that I did with my own physique. Mm-hmm. And I never respond. Like when someone's like, come on, let's go. I get fucking pissed at them when I'm training. <laughs> so I don't, I think just because of that, because I don't respond to that type of motivation. I just don't coach people that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell, and I tell that to people like in the beginning, I'm like, look, I'm going to yell at you. I'm not going to yell at you when we coach. I'm going to tell you how it is, but you're a fucking adult. And you know when you're doing something wrong. And it's only going to affect you because you're paying me and you're not getting the results. Right. That's it. You know? Mm-hmm. And we talked about this before. Like, your clients are a walking billboard for you. You yeah. know, they're, like, they're word of mouth, things of that nature. I mean, and you, you mentioned earlier, your retention rate is through the roof. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, because uh, I'm, you know, and this is honestly something that people ask me, like, what, what makes a good personal trainer? Uh, being personable. Mm-hmm. Like there, I've seen some of the like the most formally educated, smart motherfuckers that just cannot train people because you got to talk to them for sixty minutes. Like if if people like I don't care how good you are, if I can't tolerate being around you, I ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that it's that I provide value. And you know when you personal train people, I don't need a thousand of them. You know I train thirty thirty five hours in person a week, and I'm good. Yeah, you know. Do you feel like you're one of the most elite, best coaches, trainers on the planet? No. Why? Um, I think I'm in the 99th percentile, if I'm being completely honest. But that's, that's not saying much because there's, there's a lot of coaches out there. But I think it's because I do so much continuing education. I, I seek out these people. Like right now I'm, uh, I'm doing pre-script level one. It's Jordan Shallow. Okay. Super fucking brilliant dude. Super cool dude. Um, I, I seek out education and all these like avenues of what I do because coaching involves supplementation. Obviously we talked about PED use, understanding, um, you know, diet, obviously training and everything that goes that coalesces into becoming a healthier thriving person. I have, there's so many things that are involved that I learn from people who are so far advanced in all these niches. And I go, I'm a fucking idiot. Like, as I go to these things, I'm like, they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm stupid. So I know what exists out there, and there's some really fucking brilliant people. Like, even Luke Lehman, who I've done a lot of work with, Muscle Nerds. Like, yeah. I always, like, like how the fuck is he not more popular? And it's because he doesn't care about that. Right. He cares about teaching people, and he doesn't give a fuck about, like, if he's super popular with it. He's, like, probably one of the most brilliant people in this sector that I've ever met. You know, and I'm like, how did I find, how did more people don't know about him? You know, but there are so many people that are so brilliant in their given, like, niche that I know that I'm, uh, yeah, there's a lot more, a lot smarter people than I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things are constantly changing, right? I mean, that's why you yeah. constantly educate yourself. But, I mean, I think one of the things that you had, had talked quite a bit about was, like, you should, you know, engage muscle protein synthesis every three hours with a protein-rich meal. And then and since then, that probably has maybe even changed slightly. Maybe it's still consistent. I don't know. But, you know, I look at, like, BPAC and some of the stuff that he does in terms of angles and, and repetitions and resting. And it's like, 
it's complex. And then sometimes I think to myself, like, whatever happened to the Ronnie Coleman shit? Pick heavy shit up and set it down. But, like, I mean, it's so different now. Yeah. How do you keep, I mean, it, it's impossible to keep up with it. Well, I'll tell you this. Like, the amount of skill that I have as a trainer and nutrition coach far exceeds what I need to use with people. Sure. Most of the time. I pursue those things so that, one, well, one, because I'm passionate about, I, I fucking love learning. I love learning more than I love training people in teaching. It. I mm -hmm. love learning. It's just part of the learning process. So... You know, I do, I almost lost my train of thought there. You said you love learning more than doing, because we were talking about like seeking out all these different things, but you, oh, your level yeah. of training and uh, knowledge on nutrition far exceeds what you actually need. Given oh yeah, I just do. don't need to use that much with people. There's some special cases, like I've worked with people with cancer, which I'm not, it's not my scope of practice to treat cancer, but like I understand the considerations that come from that, or there's particular indications where there's advanced things going on, like, you know, f helping someone figure out, oh, you have Hashimoto's. How did you know that? Well, it's pretty easy if you know the signs and symptoms and just have them tested. You know, so there's complex cases that I have that I can use some of the skill, but I don't use it most often. I just love learning, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. But yeah, like with, it's funny because you, you mentioned the BPAC thing and in learning all of like this intentionality and yeah. biomechanics that come along with it. And it's like, it's really good to know. I love to know it, but let's circle back to Mary Muffintop does not need to know it. Right. She needs to be able to brace her abdominal wall while she does a push-up off a bar. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. She's not doing a hammer strength fucking inward angle press to, you know, maximize the shortened position of the pack. It's not, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and even, and I think there's a sense of novelty to it for even the people who are in bodybuilding. It's like, oh, it's something new and cool. And I get that. And it gets them, and the, the good thing about it is it gets them motivated to train and they enjoy it. That's the good part because, frankly, you probably don't fucking need to do it because you can't back squat yeah. in the first place properly. So you, you probably don't need to do those things. But if it ke if you love it and it keeps you mm -hmm. in it and enjoying it, then by all means, you know. What's next after this for you? I mean, as we round up the podcast here, I mean, you, you, you're you not going to personal train forever. No. Like, I mean, I look at, like, John Meadows. He's 55, I think, something like that when he passed away. I mean... Uh, I, you know, he still did some hands-on training and stuff. He obviously had a supplement company. He had his hands in it. Like, what do you want to do? I want to continue to move in, a, in an area of education, you know, to help people do what I do now better, you know, because then it has a larger impact. So is it academia, like at a university? Okay. Uh, not university necessarily, because I don't think that's where you're going to have the most like business Like seminars growth. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know where that niche is because again, like I look at so many people are so brilliant. I'm like, well, I'm more of a generalist. Like I understand. And that's maybe that's it. Maybe it's coaching people who just coaches general like me, you know, to be better at that. Cause there's the, the scope of practice that I have, or at least have accrued through what I've learned is far beyond what most people do chart like that charge for it. Um, and so that's what I love to do. I love to be in, in education and still working with people in a coaching capacity, probably still training at like the level that John did. Sure. Maybe like two people just cause he, he did it. He didn't charge for it just for fun. Yeah. You know, for funsies. That's where I want to be. You know, even like my, my buddy Brett in San Diego, yeah. like he doesn't charge, at least when I met him last, he doesn't charge for training people in person because mm. he has so many people online and it's marketing for him. Yeah. And he loves doing it. And he also has equipment now, a gym, and he's got a lot going on. And I always thought that you guys were going to do something together at some point. Yeah, we, we talked about it. And it would have been more in the capacity of me servicing his clients from a nutritional standpoint because he did all just did training. And there's a large, like, I mean, by, when I was talking to him at this point, I think he had like 480, like, online training clients. He's brilliant. So, he's a genius, though. So you think from a business standpoint, 
like there's a missed opportunity there. Yeah. But the hard part is like combining practices and who pays who and it's like Willie's friend and so it's it just like doesn't work out. And I think he wanted me to actually like to mentor me and like teach with him. And I remember Mark Coles, my mentor at the time, he goes, I know you love Brett, but you don't want to be his bitch. <laughs> yeah. I go, because I, mean, I have this, um, you know, like people know me for my ass yeah. a lot. And it's like. I'm surprised that your yeah. ass doesn't have a hashtag or an Instagram account yeah. for itself. It, trust me, people want it to have that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but it's like, at some point, I'm like, I don't think people like understand the level of skill that I have that can actually like impart a positive impact on their life. Yeah. And I get a bit jaded because it's like I have like people have access to me to learn for free to like something that's actually going to help their life and help them, you know, you know, in the pursuance of their goals. Mm -hmm. But it's like, ah, I just rather opt into his ass. And that that's kind of like, that's just what society, like that's mm -hmm. what social media is now. It's like, right. okay, I'll play that game. Yeah. You know, cause what inevitably happens is then more people get to my profile and then more people see the content that's actually worthwhile. And I get coaching clients. I will say this as, as we finish this up um, from a personal experience, you've been the absolute best coach that I've had. You know, we've Shit. been Same. together 30 plus weeks plus our new prep, which we're doing now with this injury, which we're going to bring, uh, which will be interesting, but you're compassionate, you're educated, you're articulate, you're patient. And I think that's a huge trait that you have. Um, and, and you're authentic. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like you don't pretend to be somebody you're not, which helps both of us significantly. Yep. So I wanted to say thank you for, for, obviously taking time to work with us, work with me specifically now with what's going on uh, and always shooting us straight because I mean, that's, that's what we do. And, and you know, people come to fitness performance like, Hey, can you give me a plan? That's not what I do. Like I, I, I can, I can train, yeah. I can eat right, yeah. but I can't, I can't coach that, teach that. It's not my specialty. It's not my expertise. So, so, so go, to, do it. go to Adam. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it's every, just like every woman that comes to me with questions, which I seem to get a lot of them, especially mm -hmm. lately is, I'm always like, well, my coach is great, so just go on over to him. Well, <laughs> like, and I don't have, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, the hard part is like, it. You and I are kind of like the same. Yeah, we're kind of unapproachable, seemingly at face value, but when you get to know us, like we're teddy bears. Yeah, so, like most people are going to like, especially women are going to come to you, mm -hmm. and because you're more approachable for them, and so yeah, I get that. Yeah, you know, and, and again, it's like I mean, she said it'd be great to get get uh, you know personal training stuff. I was like, yeah, you should do it. And I did it only so I could understand the human anatomy more and, yeah. and how things particularly work. But I never had any intentions on training people. Mm -hmm. I'm just not good at that. That's that's you. You have a a, a bigger degree of knowledge in that area. Um, and I think that's what you know. A lot of people probably would get that and be like, all right, let's make money. Yeah. To your point, do. I make enough money. We're good. That what we do, like, I don't need to keep padding Stress. it and providing shitty information. So. Um, I appreciate you coming on, doing this in person, which is great. So anybody out there that needs a reputable coach, I don't know how much bandwidth you have, but uh, at BSickFit on Instagram, uh, we'll get an Instagram handle for that ass. Yeah. So yeah. that way we can, yeah, we can do that. We'll you can that like that, follow that, share that, save that, hit that, whatever you want to do. Um, can't hit it. Can't hit it. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate you too, man. Thank you. Thank you.